What do you think? I'm Al. And I'm C. And we're joined once again by our third wheel, Jay. Our hey. nature photographer this time. We've talked about this. I'm not the third wheel. C is the third wheel in the group, okay? Guys, uh, I'm the spare. Not even the third wheel. <laughs> spare, Jesus Christ. I was trying <laughs> to I was, try, I was I was trying to think up of a of like a good nature joke, but I I, I just couldn't you know I said he's a nature photographer. Eh, eh it's kinda of whatever. Guys, we're reviewing cocaine bear. Okay? Yep. This is the cocaine bear episode. And I'm sorry, but <laughs> You know, it's late. Uh, someone forgot the cocaine. So we're all just running on fumes here. So forgive yeah. for, forgive me if, 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 you know, we're a little on no edge. One put, no one put any Coke in the coffee or coffee in the Coke. I don't remember which. I don't have my fix. I just, I just can't work like this. Uh, it's Coke in the Coke. All, all we have Doubled are up, Coke man. Zeros, not even regular Coke, because, you know, we can't have that much sugar in our bodies. All I have is black tar heroin. I don't know what to do with that. I mean, it's pretty obvious that you you sell it on the street and you make a killing, uh, and then you true. probably get killed, not by a cocaine addicted bear, but by a heroin addicted crack whore. Yep, <laughs> that makes sense. Well, on that note, uh, uh, on that thank God note, we don't have any sponsors <laughs> yet. Um, uh-huh. uh, speaking of crack whores, man, Elizabeth Banks really, really took like a weird turn with her directing career, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just um do you want to open this with a question now? Um yes, yes. Jay, you are our guest like always. So, mm-hmm. like Elizabeth Banks, you know, she started she you know, great character actress, was in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, uh was in a bunch of comedies, Zack and Mary make a porno. Uh she Played a char- she played a character on the Hunger Games. She, she's had a very good career. You know, she was in the Forty Year Old Virgin, wasn't she? Yes, she's in the Forty Year Old Virgin. No. Yes. Yeah. That's Catherine Heigl. The blonde. Yeah, she, yeah she's you're the blonde. Catherine Heigl. Oh no, wait, no, wait, no. no! I'm thinking I'm knocked up. That's my bad. That's <laughs> yes. my bad. No, I was like, I was like, here's the thing. I totally forgot about Knocked Up that I was like, Catherine Heigl. We're not here's the thing, though. They're all the same movie. It's all the same guys. Well, no, yeah, it's it Judd Apatow. Yeah. Like, he doesn't change. Yeah. Uh, was Elizabeth Banks also in um, in uh, Scrubs? I feel like she was in Scrubs for a bit. She was in Scrubs. Okay, okay. She, she was, was in 30 Rock, too, as well, right? Yeah. Was she? So there was, there, was, there was a time in, like, like from, like, 2003 to, like, 2015 where she was just perpetually pregnant in everything she was in. <laughs> That's right. Oh my god. Oh, she was in Modern Family too, wasn't she? Was she? Yeah, she played the uh the uh weird friend of Kim and Mitchell who didn't like That's their actual right. daughter. That's it's very right. Weird. Oh my god, yeah. So, you know, very, very prolific character actress. You know, she never hit it into the A list, but she always got solid work and she always did solid work, you know? Yeah. And then um, you know, she helped produce the first pitch perfect and then she ended up directing one of the entries, either the second one or the third one. And then that she was also Rita Repulsa in the Power Rangers remake. Yes, that was like her last big like blockbuster role, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, but yeah, she does she does one of the later Pitch Perfects, and then she signs on to do because you know we're in the midst of like when Hollywood is having a reckoning with like actually hiring like not like female non-white directors 
and she was kind of part of that wave that was getting like a that was getting like blockbuster role. She was part of that wave with that included Ryan Coogler, um, um, oh who directed Patty Jenkins who directed Wonder Woman, like all that group, and she was picked to direct uh, the reboot of or the first reboot. No, well, it's technically the second reboot because the first reboot was a TV show. The second reboot of Charlie's Angels to kind of bring it back into the mainstream. So she was chosen to direct Charlie's Angels. And folks, I don't have to get into specifics, but suffice to say, Charlie's Angels did not make gangbusters at the box office. And it's more surprised. Like, everyone was kind of expecting, like, that her Charlie's Angels film would not do well at the box office, but that would be pretty critically, like, accepted. But even critics were, like, shitting on her hard. And you know what? Most directors, when they have, like, such a, like, fall from grace, if you can call it that, they, they usually double down on, like, denying that their film was a failure. But credit to her, she she took it on the chin, and she's like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't great. I, I totally misread misread the room for uh for what people wanted in a charlie's angels movies i i own that and uh this is kind of her follow-up to that this which is totally not something i would have expected elizabeth banks to take this was something i expected like i don't know the guys anyone who, else anyone else like the guys who did tucker and dale versus evil um like shoot even someone like judd apatow or one of his friends like this was not something i expected elizabeth banks to do but she took she basically there was a spec script going around that was kind of a genre retelling of or a genre interpretation of an event that happened in the 80s basically in the late 80s uh these drug runners were coming in from miami and they were pretty pretty much their plane got detected on radar and in order to get rid of all the tons of coke they had on board they threw it all out of the plane the drug runner who was flying the plane like jumps out of the plane and for some weird reason his parachute doesn't drop so he basically falls to his death most of the cocaine most of this bricks of cocaine fell in the in the appalachian uh forests in kentucky nope, and, Georgia. And, and i'm not making this up this is real this actually happened <clears throat> jay what did you say it was, it's in Georgia. It's in Chattahoochee National Forest. Well, okay. So in the movie, it takes place in Georgia. But in real life, it was actually uh, K- Kentucky. And what happened was was that a bear, a black bear, ate most of the cocaine, bricks of cocaine that landed, that fell to the ground. And for five minutes, was quite possibly the most dangerous land predator on the face of the earth. But then unsurprisingly the bear the bear you know couldn't take handle all that cocaine its heart exploded and it died uh police police and park rangers eventually found the carcass and i don't this is kind of where it gets fuzzy no one knows who but someone collected the bear carcass had it stuffed and now you can find the stuffed bear at like a gift shop in kentucky where it's been given the the nickname pablo escobar Oh, I need to go there now. Yeah, this is all real, by the way. All of all, everything I just said is one hundred percent real. That the bear did eat cocaine. It was probably the most highest. It was probably like on the 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 cracked out train 
for five minutes and then its heart exploded. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and basically the writer, the writer of this uh, this film, Jimmy Warden, basically saw a CNN report. You know, basically, you know, you know, not a serious report. You know, like how at the end of every CNN program they always do like this funny little little news segment about something weird or funny in the country. He happened to catch one about Pablo Escobar and it inspired him to write this on spec. He, he wrote this on spec and basically had his manager take it around Hollywood to see if anyone was interested. Elizabeth Banks reads the script, falls in love with the idea and jumps feet first into making this. And there we get this film, this Maybe it's a potential modern masterpiece, Cocaine Bear. So, uh, before we start with our review, uh, I guess I should ask, Jay, did you ever expect Elizabeth Banks to make something like this? And what do you think about her career in general? Uh, well, she's always been, like, like a, you know, definitely a character actor. Definitely, you know, not always the best lead. Her her lead roles don't really get gain any traction. Um but I'm always happy to see her because I always know what to expect, um, and and it, it's it's always pretty solid. Um, from what I know from like podcasts I've listened to her, articles I've I've read, and just other roles she's had in the past and the kind of humor she's had in those roles, this is right up her alley as far as uh, style and humor. Um, like, like I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm more surprised that she's directing after Charles Angles, Angels than I am her picking this one to direct. If that says anything. Okay. Uh, see, how about you? Um, I'll admit that I was pretty surprised when I learned that, that Elizabeth Banks was directing this. I, when I first saw the trailer for this, I, I don't know how I missed that, but I did. And I just thought, oh my god, what a wild... I genuinely believe this was like just some wild movie that uh, some big actor was maybe producing. And that's why it got the money it got to be actually made. Um, but when I learned that she was behind this, I... Yeah, I can't even lie, I was surprised. And even when in the theater seeing it, I had to say to myself, Elizabeth, Thank Elizabeth Banks directed this. Um, and Jay does have a good point. Her humor, based on thing, certain things we've learned, this is definitely right up her alley. But I still was the the chutzpah or the guts she had to to make such a, a, a such a one eighty film from Charlie's Angels is really that's impressive. Like full full. Full credit to her there, like to to completely, because regardless of how this, however, this movie turned out or however audiences received this movie, it is very risky to do a movie like this, because while it's guaranteed to be an exciting trailer, it's well, it's not guaranteed that people will like it, um, and we'll each get into our own opinions on it later, but I think. We can all be happy that this has been touted as a success for her because she she deserves that, and especially after just owning up to the previous film she made, like the 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 praise she's getting is 
is well deserved, in my opinion. You know, I, I, I am. So I'll be honest. I, I, probably don't. I, I definitely don't listen to any podcasts that would have Elizabeth Banks on, on as a guest. Uh, you know, I, I kind of stick to very like the things. Uh, the mine things, was uh, smartless. Uh, no, I, I kind of, I just, I kind of. That was the one like, I was listening to. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I kind of stick to, like, uh, the film reviewers I've been listening to since college, and that's pretty much it. And and then some news podcasts here and there. So, I, like, unlike the rest of the millennial world, my podcast list is relatively small and narrow. But uh, I will say this. I'm not surprised that uh, Universal Studios bankrolled this. You know, Universal Studios has kind of been on this trend of, of financing these weird like mid-budget genre pieces i mean last year and, and these mid mid-budget genre pieces are usually cast with with like like either high b-list or or very very low a-list actors you know it's not really the name of the actors that's going to bring people to the seats it's it's more like uh more, more like more like the 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 topic the subject matter is what's going to bring people into the seats, which which historically has been Universal's M.O. when they started out back in the 20s. Uh, a good example I can give you of, of something they've they've made recently is um, is a Violent Night. Jay, I know you didn't like Violent Night, but Violent Night kind of checks up all those marks. You know, high concept, mid-budget, high B-list, low A-list actor. You're kind of in it more for the subject matter than you are for the for the cast and you know i can go on and on and on and you know cocaine bear is no different it's it the cast from top to bottom is like solid solid like character actors who always bring in good work i mean carrie russell who is just coming off being in like her most acclaimed role to date in the americans uh oshea jackson jr who's been doing really good supporting role work in both high blockbuster budgets and like mid like low budget indies the king of the character actors and you know uh rest in peace ray Liotta. this was his last role uh isaiah whitlock jr who a lot of people would remember from the wire always does good character work and is an underrated comedic actor actor margo martindale like she's that character actress who's always gonna be stealing a scene in a movie that's comedic and she's she's legendary let's be clear yeah, like super. she's so legendary that um, the show BoJack Horseman makes fun of it. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, you know, Carrie Russell's husband cameos in this. Matthew Rise, uh, he plays the drug runner who was operating the plane that dropped all the cocaine. Uh, and then you know, Alton Ehrenreich, who I think is going to be very comfortable being in these types of roles. You know, Hollywood really tried to push this guy as like the new eight list leading man. You know, he starred in Solo as Han Solo, and, you know, that kind of got a mixed reception. That's who he is. Oh, my God. Were you trying to place him the whole time? Yeah. Oh, man. I just, I, okay. Yeah. All right. We're good. <laughs> you want to talk about that moment, Joe? <laughs> well, I just, it's just, that that's not a movie I go back to a lot, so it's not particularly a face i know all too well so it was just it was, uh, like now i get it now we're, no we're good carry on okay and some other notable character actors we have here jesse tyler ferguson who had a large role in uh modern family 
is a very well-respected comedic TV TV actor. Christopher Hivju, who a lot of people remember from Game of Thrones. He played uh, he played a Tormund Giant Spain, who was like a half giant, right? That was his old steel. <laughs> he has a little juicy role in here that's pretty fun. Uh, and then um, I, I don't know if you guys know him. Apparently he's a pretty big TikTok star, this Scott Sice, who plays who plays like the EMT in the movie. Apparently he's oh. like he's like okay. big in the social media world and I had no clue. I, I don't know about his social media career. I do know that I enjoyed his little role in this movie. So yeah, like again, kinda Universal Studios MO. Get a lot of respected character actors to be in this movie to keep the budget down. You know, have a really high concept. Make it make it comedic in nature if you can. And just let it loose. And see, you've kind of alluded to it uh, with great success. You know, this movie's make it this movie knocked out uh, Ant-Man from number one. And uh, people have been talking about it like for the this past weekend, all weekend on social media. It was like trending on Twitter for four days straight. So, yeah. yeah. So how's about we watch the trailer and then give our review? How's that sound for you guys? Sounds sure. good. Medic. Oh, Jesus. What is that? Beth, we should go. Millions of dollars worth of cocaine fell from the sky this morning in Knoxville, Tennessee. There's more this out there. They dumped it somewhere. I'm looking for my daughter. Forest is a dangerous place. Hey, Henry, check it out. Something got into it. A deer, maybe. A lot of cocaine was lost. I need you to go and get it. No, 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 don't eat that, don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has on <laughs> The bear, it fucking did cocaine. <laughs> Did cocaine? What? There was a bear. A bear? It was far. Hey, that's inappropriate. You're safe. Bears can't climb trees. Of course I can. <gasps> huh? Hiya, baby. Oh shit. Get higher, baby. Oh, no. It kind of seems like the thing that stays with a man forever. Apex Predator. <laughs> High on cocaine. <laughs> Out of its mind. Oh! Oh man, you fucked. What the fuck is wrong with that bear? Shoot it, man! nature I, I i have to say i have God. to say the use of white lines by uh oh what what was that what was that group dj 
or Master Flat. Oh, do you guys remember the name of the, the group that does the White Line song? I don't. Oh, like, like I for, totally forgot the name of the group. I'm so, I'm so sorry I forgot the name. But that song, like, for all intents and purposes, was meant to be an anti-drug song. Oops. I, I'm, not bull, I'm not bullshitting you. Like, the, the, the full name of the song is White Lines. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, mm. It was... Uh, <laughs> It was totally meant as as a uh, as a uh, 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 anti drug song, like in the early seventies, or not early seventies, mid seventies. And <laughs> let's just say that uh, let, let's just let's just say, oh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five—that's the group that did it. Let's just say everyone assumed that it was a celebration of cocaine because it sounds like it. It sounds like it, but like the the writer of the song, his name is Mel Mel. He tells people like, no, 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 that was supposed to be an anti-drug song. I don't know where people get the idea that we're celebrating cocaine use. I'm like, maybe it has to do with the beat. <laughs> the beat is like really infectious. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah. So Let's... cocaine, cocaine bear. Um, w- one other thing I like to add before I, I hand it over to Jay to give me his thoughts on, on it. Uh, the the bear obviously is is, a, is CGI, but there was an onset actor for uh, to reference the bear. Um, the oh gosh, uh, the, like they thank him in the in the credits, and I'm trying to find him like on the cast list. Oh, he's probably not on here, but yeah, there was there was an actor who was like on set for the bear, and I'm so so sorry I can't find his name. But dude, shout out to you, man. You, your performance, pretty much is what, what is what made that what put this movie over the fence to be as successful as it is. Because, damn, damn, like yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So, uh, Jay, floor is yours. What were your thoughts on the movie? <laughs> so. So I was definitely very intrigued by the story. I knew I knew about this story probably a year or so before uh, they announced that they were being it was being made. Um, but you know, I was I was very hopeful for the story, and then I found out Elizabeth Banks was directing it, and I was like, mm, I don't know, there's not a good track record here, you know. But then the cast is a good cast, so it was like, hmm. Like maybe maybe we can see what happens. Um, I I was bummed I wasn't able to see this with you guys. It might have changed a lot of my perception about it. Um, I went uh, yesterday on my day off, just an early matinee to go see this, locked in, ready to go, and I was bored as fuck. I hate this movie so much. It is not good um i i mean i mean the other than the fact that no one does anything when they're not interacting with the bear it it just it just oh okay like every character pretty much sucks there's not enough there's not enough at stake like they try to make things at stake but it doesn't work uh, none of the storylines meet up or or get followed through on. Like in uh, like like Carrie Russell loses a daughter and then goes out on a walk to find her, and that's 
all she does. And it's just, it's just, there's so much potential here. And they left so much on the cutting room floor or so much on the table or so much out of the script. I don't know what happened, but there's just not enough substance in this movie to make it good. And, and I don't know, I know you guys might feel differently, but I'm really disappointed in this. Um, I, I checked the other day, it's at a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's probably accurate based on, like, general audience, how the general audience uh, consumes cinema, but I... I had high hopes and and those hopes weren't met. Um, I didn't care about any of the characters. Like, I didn't care about this friendship, not a friendship between the two drug dealers. Uh, you know, between Ice Cube Jr. and Han Solo. Um, uh, there wasn't enough Ray Liotta, and and it just felt like Ray Liotta was either phoning this one in or was already too sick to put a lot of effort in. Um, uh, the fucking park ranger was horrible. The, the, it, it's just, there's a good example of an ensemble story where everyone starts out in different places and, and then, uh, it passes by each other at certain points and then it all comes to a, a big conclusion and that's Bullet Train. And that's a great example of how a movie like this should be. And this just isn't it. And and for me, this is three strikes for Elizabeth Banks. I, it, next time she directs something, I'm probably going to skip it. So that's, that's where I stand with this. Mm. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for, for, for Jay being wrong. <laughs> Bullshit. No. Uh, no. Uh, um, no, but I, I, I gotta say, I, I know I usually leave it to, to see to go next, but I, I I'm just going to cram a shade it. I, you know, I don't love this movie, but definitely, definitely exceeded my expectations. Like, like really. And I'm not saying that because, you know, I, I'm, I'm shitting on like, uh, what is it? Um, Charlie's angels. I, I legitimately thought that this movie like my biggest fear for this movie was that it was going to be too serious or or not realize what it should be and for me at least i really do feel like the movie not only knew what it needed to be but relished in being and being what people wanted this movie to be which is we want to see a bear loving cocaine and and killing people and and at, at least to me, knowing that so so something that I feel like movies never get enough credit for is when they're willing to not be bloated. This movie, I'm not joking. This movie runs only three minutes over 90 minutes, 93 minutes, 93 minutes. And I, I don't know. Uh, see, maybe it was with you or, or maybe this was this was with someone else we know. But I, I, I had a conversation. No, actually, I think it was with you. I had a conversation where, where I said, I want Cocaine Bear to not, to not be over 90 minutes, to just be about a bear going crazy about cocaine and just killing the people who are getting in the way of the cocaine. 
because with a title like Cocaine Bear, you can't not be anything but that. And I, I at least genuinely feel that, you know, this this knew what it needed to be. Uh, it knew kind of like with Godzilla movies where it's like people just want to see Godzilla. This movie knew that if we're not having the cocaine bear, we're setting up for the cocaine bear. And yeah, no, I, I, I genuinely do believe this this film knew exactly what it needed to be and is quite frankly successful because a success because of it. And ironically enough, I I definitely know I was telling you, see, I'm actually excited for the next thing Elizabeth Banks directs. So I, I guess we're like on two opposite ends of the spectrum, Jay, but uh, I don't know where C falls. Well, um, I definitely will be upfront and honest and say that I enjoyed the movie. Um, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, and here's what I would say. The movie is best when the bear's around. That's absolutely true. Fortunately, the bear's around for a majority of the movie. So because the bear's around for the majority of the movie, the movie is enjoyable. It's it's great. The scenes where he the bear is just either ripping someone apart, eating cocaine, or literally chasing an ambulance... Literally, you, I could not help but completely be on the wavelength of that movie during those moments. At first, I'll admit, I was put off with how quickly the movie got going, but then I realized literally the movie is meant to be like doing a bump of coke, where it just happens fast, and you wake up. And that's not, let me be clear, I do not know what it's like to do coke. I'm not saying that. He's lying. He's lying. He knows exactly. We've both seen you do it. (laughs) All right, fine. Listen, I may or may not have snorted it off of someone's um, special spot, but we're not going to go into that. Let's just say there's a birthday you don't remember. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was sorry. Oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go, 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 keep going. All I can say is, Al, you said, here's the snow globe, now what? And then there was, <laughs> there was, there was no more to it. Oh my god, oh my god. Sorry. Oh sorry, my god. Dad. Um, uh, so, Don't you mean Daddy? No, I mean Father, Dad, <laughs> who listens to this. I apologize. Um Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, all right. so, Go ahead, keep going, keep going. So, I don't know what that's like, but from what every piece of media and, and what every piece of media has said it's like, this movie really follows on that pace. Um, I will say that the movie actually... Here's where I'm at. Because I do think Jay's right. The characters were really, 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 really weak. And their intentions didn't make... Okay, not that they didn't make sense. Obviously, the drug dealer's trying to get the coke back. Fine. We know that. Um, I think the movie would have genuinely been stronger if it was just them and it was like this buddy... this Not buddy cop, but buddy drug dealer movie of people trying... These two guys trying to get the coke um, and watching the carnage happen all around them uh, while they don't do anything about the bear. 
and maybe in the end them being good guys by defeating the bear. But instead they went with a more, you know, oh, we have to save this little girl and there's these kids who are in danger. And I didn't dislike that, but it definitely was very clearly viewed as second fiddle, like to the point where they, if, like I said, if it wasn't directly involved with the bear, they just, you could tell it, they just didn't care that much. Because uh, there's weird um, development of certain characters that isn't really necessary, I think. One of them is mourning the loss of his wife, and it just, it didn't make sense for this movie. I understood, it, it wasn't necessary. You didn't need to have that. You could have, he could have been a single father. That's fine. But the because ran, the random just disjointed moments he would suddenly be distraught about the loss of his wife was I guess they were trying to be funny but it just didn't quite work it almost felt like the parts of the movie which were cut out which by the way that's another thing there are very clear moments where the film is cut out oh uh, yeah the, oh, there yeah. are very and that doesn't help unfortunately uh, with the movie however I've said this before on the podcast I've said this both to you I do love when a movie knows what it is, and this movie, for the most part, does know what it is. It just doesn't fully, uh, it, it truly lays waste to the side fiddle story parts, and I think it could have done a slightly better job to adjust that. Like, Actually, what would have been better? Just the detective and just the drug dealers. Then we would have had a great movie. Um, maybe the park ranger. But I think the other stuff with the kids and whatnot, like there's a scene that the that the kids are in, which was clearly shock, just for shock value. And I'm not entirely sure how necessary that part was. Um, but I still, I still enjoyed it. It was still funny. I loved, loved, loved the opening of the film, even though I was surprised by it. I loved, I, I just loved what this movie intended to be and i'd say maybe didn't do a home run but definitely definitely so, filled so, the bases so something i want to ask both of you yeah um, um well actually see you've already said that you noticed it uh jay did did you seem to notice that the film was definitely like like cut up like like definitely like they were there were chunks that were taken away yeah and and like and like tech under what c is saying like and like that goes with what I was saying. Like the plot points are, are they they're there, and they're started, but they like the stakes aren't risen for them. Ray Lou was talking about like how he's on the hook for all this missing cocaine, but we don't get the sense that like anything bad's gonna happen to him. Like he's not, he's not, you know, he's not escalating anything to the point where he's gonna, you know, like shoot a kid in the head or something like. Like he points the gun at the kid, but that's really it. And 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 I don't really know what motivation um, O'Shea Jackson had throughout the whole film, other than just doing a job. Um, the whole ranger has a crush on the forest guy. Doesn't go anywhere either. And 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 just it's just like like it's all started. There's a framework there, but it's just not like. You, you stop the movie stops caring about it and and that's just what my point is uh, so um, did that answer the question or was i did i completely ignore your question 
Uh, well, well, um, basically, uh, this was in uh, actually, I, I don't know if we, I even talked about this with see when we watched the movie, but an observation I have and, and from the little bit of research I, I've done, it seemed it was the case was that this film uh, basically started off kind of as like your kind of of, of, a, of a think think of think I'm blank out there the Coen brothers you know that it was kind of a more of a Coen brothers type screwball comedy type deal like raising Arizona meets Fargo was from the little bit I was able to garner from the research I did uh, and that basically somewhere after they shot the whole thing they realized wait why are we trying to do something that's called cocaine bear and trying to turn it into a Coen brothers movie we need to make this like a like kind of a of a ride right so this movie went went down from like a little bit over two hours to to the 90 minutes that it is now and something like that's very apparent to me as i was i was enjoying i i enjoyed the film from beginning to end but something that i realized and see you pointed this out when we were talking about like like they cut off so many so many chunks of the movie they even cut out a, a kill a kill scene which you almost never see that happening in these types of movies. And, Which means and, they had to have done it because it kept... There must have been a whole story element that they couldn't include, so they had to cut it out. I, I think they. I think from what it appears that, they, that Elizabeth Banks realized, oh, people here want to see... Just want to see... Want a nonstop cocaine bear ride. Why are we trying to kind of... Not that she's she's she said, like, we're not going to elevate the material, but, like... Oh, we we need to get to the point because that's what that's what this film is. That's what the, the, what that's what they're marketing as. And listen, I I'm fine with it because even though there were like the third act, it, it's in the third act where you really start feeling where everything is like, how how is all this supposed to connect again? Like it's really in the third act where I don't think the film drops the ball, but it's like you know kind of go like oh 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 shit oh shit oh shit oh shit I I got I got I got it. Right. That's how I think the movie that's at least for me, that's how the movie was working. But I, I definitely I, I mean, I can't deny what you guys are saying and be like, no, 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 no. This is exactly what they shot. This is exactly how the story was supposed to go. It was just that they pretty blatantly cut out a bunch of stuff just to make this thing go by faster, which for me, when a movie is called Cocaine Bear, I feel like that helps the movie. But it seems like especially for you, Jay, and for some for you, for you, see was that it, it, it seemed to hurt the movie a bit. Well, wouldn't you at least agree that it did, because that wasn't, they, while you agreed with the place they ended up, because they didn't start there, they kind of had to almost haphazardly kind of stitch something together. And that is definitely, that was definitely a problem. I, I, again, I, I see where, I see where the holes are, but I don't think it, it's a detriment to the film. But it, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, and, and maybe this says a lot more about me than it does about anyone else. I just want to see the bear do cocaine. So ultimate, ultimately, it's like, okay, your, your wife's dead. Okay, whatever. Get me to the bear. And, you know, it's, it's kind of the logistics of filmmaking where we're like really at, the, at that point, after all that money invested into it, the most you can do is, you know, edit. Like not really. Of course, you, you can't really like have them reshoot everything. Well, the, uh, the, and you can't have that. But they did, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, Al. But they did, very notably, reshoot one scene. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, famously. Because um, I looked it up. There is... Can I spoil it? Do you think we... Does anybody care? No, uh, you can spoil nope. it. It's not story relevant. Yeah. I mean, it kind of is, but it's fine. There's a very early scene where these these two kids do coke. Um, and the way that scene alone almost gave the movie an NC-17 rating. Because... The moment you're depicting very young kids doing drugs, that's a lot of rating systems are going to have a lot of difficulty. Like, and I should say, maybe unaware, but in, in to an extent, somewhat willingly doing drugs, you're going to be hard pressed to find any rating system doing it uh, or giving it anything less than that. So they had to reshoot the scene because apparently, so the way the movie shows it in this, in, the way the scene goes in this, they eat it because they don't, they know what it is, but. They don't know how to, they, they just, they're kids at the end of the day. And they, they spit it out very quickly because obviously they're kids, they think it's gross, um, and that's the end of it. Apparently, in the original version of the scene, from what I've heard, is that the boy snorts it initially. And he doesn't enjoy it, but he snorts it, and that is what made them say, Nope, NC-17. And from what I would imagine, they probably, and I don't know this for sure, they probably like looked through the different rules of like what gives a film a rating and found a way to technically keep that scene in. And you can tell that's how they did it. They just like, okay, technically, if he ingests it this way and spits it out, it has to be R because he's not doing this. So that is a very clear moment where they had to make that adjustment. And honestly good for the movie because it wouldn't have helped if the set got an nc-17 rating because that really rarely helps a movie i i mean the the one thing i will say with the way they they reach out the scene is that on one hand i'm like okay in a way it's, it kind of shows the naivete of the children on the other hand like let's be honest what ki- what child of the 80s didn't know how you take cocaine like no sure sure but i like, can like yeah. like dare commercials would tell you like if someone offers for or if someone tells you to put this up your nose say just say no so that was the only thing that came to the back of my mind where I was like wait no they know if they know what cocaine is they know they know how how you're quote unquote supposed to ingest it because of of the dare commercials or, or maybe mm-hmm. i'm misremembering do you, did you guys ever see those dare commercials i saw the ones not where, where they were doing it what what not not the ones where they did it, no. No, no, they, not that they do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, they no, they no. didn't actually show that, did they? No, like, no, Jesus no, Christ. No, hey they kids, said, don't do that's a great skit. Oh my god. No, no, hey so, so so basically it's like it's like Nancy Reagan telling them that like she shows like a vial of it and she says, If anyone tells you to put this thing up your nose, just say no is what she says. Mm. So, so that's why. And then I, she snorts it real fast. After the <laughs> oh cut. I'm kidding. I mean, can we just talk about how Nancy Reagan isn't really the best role model? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, mean, yeah. I mean, there's a reputation there. I'm just saying. I mean, he's not wrong. He's mm. not wrong, folks. He's not wrong. Um, so, so, but let, and I, I guess just to kind of keep moving this forward, and J or C, either you could take this. What did you guys think of the bear? Like, you know, in terms of like uh, visual effects, in terms of like mo- mocap performance, because apparently there, and 
like throughout this entire review, I'm like desperately trying to find the guy's name because <laughs> I I saw his name in the the credits. I was like, that guy's the MVP, and oh for the life, dude, I'm so sorry, I can't find your name. But what what you guys think of the of the of the performance work done with with the bear? Uh, I thought the bear was done pretty well. You know, I mean we're we're at a point where there's no excuse for bad CGI and there's no excuse for bad motion capture. Um, so you you know I I had no issues with the bear. Um, something I want to go back to. See, you said this movie had plenty of the bear. I didn't think this this movie had enough of the bear. I thought I thought we needed twice as much of the bear for this movie to be anything. Really, so so like, um, but as far as the bear's movement and everything, um, and and you know it's definitely CGI, but like, you, you know where you're getting here, and you understand why they can't use a real bear because one, you probably just shouldn't use a real bear on set, and two, you probably shouldn't use a real bear around cocaine on set, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just, um, just, probably just, not. There's just no. so many safety concerns with that. So, I mean, it's just, um, no, I had no issue with the bear itself, really. That was it's probably Honest, the best you know, part of the movie is the bear. Honestly, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because, and this is pure conjecture on my part, but after seeing the film, I'm convinced they cut off some stuff with the bear as well because this isn't a spoiler, folks, but we never see the bear introduced to the cocaine, which in a movie like this is almost always something that, would be written and would be shot, you know. We we literally our first interaction with the bear, it's apparently already high out of its mind to the point that it's basically it's basically hitting its head against a tree trunk. So mm-hmm. that that leads me to believe that in order to make this thing move as fast as it can, they were willing and probably even did cut out some stuff with the bear. There must be, look, I'm I'm convinced there's an entire character that's not in this anymore. Based on ooh, what certain ooh, things you might be right, you might certain, be right. Yeah, based on certain things, there's there's an entire and you would have had to do some more additional reshoots, but there's an entire character that's not in this anymore. Don't know who or what they were, um, or maybe the uh, corrupt cop that we. Sorry, spoiler. The corrupt cop. Maybe her role was much bigger than we remember, or than the than what we yeah, remember. Cause... That was such a, like, like all of a sudden, like, we only get one scene with her, and then all of a sudden she turns, and, like, she should have been there the whole time. Really. So, yeah, there's, and, a, there's a chance of that. there's no consequences for this cop going out of jurisdiction, and, and just, yeah, like, back to it, there's, there's no follow-through on any of this, and that's why I hate it. I'm sorry, we, I'm just we, gonna we keep ne- bringing that up. We never see, we never see the cop end up in, like, a certain place where he goes like, I wonder how I'm going to get there. And then the next scene with him, he's already there, which again, you, you would think would be written in the script. And I, and, and again, this is pure conjecture. All I can tell for certain is that, is that somewhere along post-production, Elizabeth Banks was like, okay, we, we need to, we, we need to kind of change our, our gears on what this thing is. And that leads me to believe that, that they did in fact cut a bunch of stuff because Especially for films like this, it's very rare that you get them to be exactly 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the only other case I can think of off the top of my head was uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, which was originally going to be an almost three-hour epic. And then the director of that film, whose name escapes me, 
uh, he basically was like, you know what? We need to, you know, all this human stuff is bogging it down. Test audiences aren't reacting really well to it. Let's uh, let's cut it down and make it a barely, barely 125 minutes, which is or 115 minutes, which is just under two hours. Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 again, I think to the benefit of that film, you know that that film. I think so. You mentioned that that film knew exactly what it was and how long it needed to be, and yeah. not a minute more. Yep. Um, obviously, and and listen, I'm not disagreeing with you guys. Uh, a lot of the character, obviously, the character work here was the biggest, if you can call it, a victim victim of Cocaine Bear's <laughs> cuts. I again, maybe because I'm like I just want to see the bear do cocaine and kill people. I was really fine with it because I, I was on the vibe of like, this is a ride and the ride is exactly what I want it to be. But I mean, I can't deny that you guys aren't wrong or aren't right about the fact that like a lot of this character stuff just hits walls or is completely forgotten about. Or you're like, well, what was that supposed to amount to? Well, can, can we also acknowledge, Al, that you may or may not have a bias towards bears? You know, see, you can go fuck yourself. I do not have a bias against bears. I just happen to think they are just... God's greatest creation. No, mm -hmm. no. Cause here's the thing. This bear wins in the end, so he doesn't have a bias for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, of course, Al is, whenever Al talks about bears, he's only referring to the animal in nature. Nothing else. Again, see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean uh, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're okay. Right. Uh, uh, I'm just but now, one thing I, I will say that is a, like the reason why I didn't say I love this film, but I, I really enjoyed my time with it is that and I, I know that all the things I'm willing to forgive it, but I won't forgive it this. I have an unbridled hatred for shooting day for night and the entire most of the third act is day for night. And it honestly was some pretty uninspired and at times even ugly cinematography like like uh, like that the, the whole sequence w with the cave that ends with a waterfall i was like i was wearing my glasses and i was still like having trouble making out what was happening and that to me to me was the cardinal sin of the movie is that don't shoot day for night and if you're going to shoot day for night at least try to make it look good like don't make it look like whatever that was on screen that really it really annoyed me like I was having such a great time, I was enjoying my high, and then just that ugly, like just unprofessional. I, I shouldn't say unprofessional cinematography because you know these guys are professionals, but no, I mean I don't know. Did you guys feel the same way about that, or is that just me being crazy? I don't. I do agree that day for night usually doesn't work, but with everything that was going on in this movie, I'll admit I didn't notice. Jay. I. I didn't notice. Um, I thought it was just blue hour or something, I guess. Um, and then I thought the whole waterfall was just in studio. Really? It, so, I mean, I, yeah, that, I didn't really catch that, I guess. I, I just, I don't, I don't, did you guys have trouble like, like making out what was happening? Cause I did. I, I was okay. I was all right. Yeah, that was oh fine. God, my eyesight must be getting horrible. <laughs> Jesus. But <clears throat> You know, it's kind of, kind of, kind of funny that the biggest thing I'm mad about, you guys are like, oh, oh whatever. 
And, to, and on tonight's episode, Al has a, has a breakdown about his eyesight. No, no, no it's I'm it, it's fine. It's fine. But no, I mean, you know, I, I know I said, I know I joked that Jay is wrong, but I mean, Jay obviously feel very strongly about this. I can't say that that you're not right in the sense that, like, yeah, these character arcs go nowhere, come up, are taken out, and, like, it's just... That's that's unfortunately the risk of when you're trying to basically... If it was them trying to fix the movie, if it was them realizing that the movie needed to be something else, where you're just trying just to get through it because it's like, well, we're calling it Cocaine Bear, we want it to be a ride... And yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't disagree and say like, no, 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 the characters were well realized. Like, Carrie Car- Russell, the Carrie Russell probably had the most substantive, substantive, substantive character arc, and it literally amounted to, "Where's my daughter? Hey, I'm sorry, I pushed my boyfriend on you a bit too quickly." And right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's not. I just for a I lot just, of people, I just, I just don't want my time wasted. You know, I want, yeah, I no. want substance in what i want watch i want there to be yeah. a reason why these characters are doing something other than than oh my kids lost in the woods oh there's a bear like i just and like and like we haven't even talked about the hikers at the start of the movie and you're right it was a good opening but like that doesn't pay off at all no it's no. just <laughs> no no it, it totally doesn't pay off and that that's something that i was like that, that's kind of when i realized like oh this this movie's just trying is cutting out stuff to move along fast because like the the first scene you're expecting to be like okay i'm gonna see this i'm gonna see this happen to the guy because he he got knocked out and instead we get a cut of the aftermath and you're kind of like well already we're not gonna we're not gonna see the the thing happening which is what you expect in a movie that's called a horror comedy but you know i'm sorry if i'm being too vague but you know i i do think like like that first scene is so good. I, I don't want to spoil it with specifics. Uh, some, something else I, I do want to add though, is that I will say that even though Aaron Reich's character was pr- pretty obviously cut up in post-production when he, he has a very physical, it's not physical per se, but, but he has a, he has a, he has an interaction with the bear that I only think works because he gave it just the right amount of energy that it needed. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but I've never been high on Aaron Reich as an actor. In fact, everything I've seen him in, I've always said he's the weakest thing. But in this one, I was like, you're not the strongest thing in this movie. Obviously, that's Cocaine Bear. But I'm starting to see the type of character you can work best in. I don't know if you guys would... I mean, Jay, I pretty much, I'm assuming you're going to say, like, well, there was nothing in that character. But will, will you guys? what do you guys think about when... When the type of humor he was trying to go for, well, what do you guys think about that? Um, Forced. No, I, I liked. I I was down with it. Uh, again, I'm any kind of this. When you get to this kind of humor in a movie, usually, if that's the vibe this movie is going for, I I accept it, and I end up enjoying it. So I I, I definitely enjoyed it. I think again, I still stick with the fact that the. When the bear was in the movie, it was great. When it wasn't, we were just waiting for moments for the bear to happen again. But I'm happy that the movie figured that out. Um, and I think the humor was a nice touch, but it's definitely not the part I'm going to remember about this movie. Um, do we want to give any uh, 
roundabout thoughts on this or anything like that or any other things the, we want to add? The, the one last thing I'll say is that the of the two kid characters in this movie, I, I actually really enjoyed what Christian Coventry was trying to do with the character of Henry. You know, he's the one who kind of starts the whole like cocaine bit with the girl. I, I don't know, like every time he was on screen, I was like, oh, you know, you know, a lot of times kid, you know, kid actors, sometimes they're very hit and miss. And when they're a miss, it's a really, really, really cringy miss. But in this one, both were, were pretty good, but especially the character of Henry. I was like, oh, you know, the funny little kid, you know. Not well, you, a, can no- tell, you can tell he really enjoyed doing this. Like this was yeah. so much fun for him. Yeah, like he, like you know, like in a movie like this, it always seems like they try to make the kid super obnoxious. No, you know, he was he was a little naive kid who, who quite honestly, has one of the better laughs in this movie. Like, and it's a, it's a very underrated joke too. At least it was for me. Um, how about you, Jay? Any other thoughts before you give your your ominous rating? I I just. I mean, I mean, it it also goes back to what I was saying about Violent Night. The the violence is too gratuitous for everything else that we don't get. Mm. And 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 it just seems to be that's all this movie is about. And and I don't appreciate that. Like I want, I want substance. I want character growth. I want a plot. I want a reason for everything to be happening other than just a freak event. Or if it's going to be a freak event, give me something else to go along with this freak event to keep me engaged, to keep me from being bored out of my mind. Because anytime the bear wasn't on the screen, I didn't care. And, and, and I mean, like, and I guess there was supposed to be you're probably right. See, there's probably a lot more of this film that just didn't get put in the movie. Because how did that girl break her leg? You know, like we—I feel like we should have seen that. Oh yeah. Or something. Yeah. Like, like I feel like if we should have seen that, there should have. Yeah, there's just there's. <laughs> Maybe we need a Snyder cut or something. Because I I would be <clears throat> open to seeing more of this if if there was a longer cut. But at the same time, you get me at a good point. Like, I don't really want this longer than 90 minutes either. So it's, it's, I'm conflicted. And, mm-hmm. and the confliction has, has put a sour taste on my mouth for this, for this mm-hmm. movie. Um, and, and the only way it would ever redeem itself for me is if we find out what got cut out and we were able to see that. That would that would be the only redeeming quality for me for this movie. You know, you know, Jay. Something actually uh, like came to my mind as you were talking. Um, so, again, Universal Studios is a studio behind this and Violent Night, and they seem to be having a trend where they make like these twenty-five to thirty million dollar budgeted genre flicks. You know, horror comedies, comedies, something you know, high concepts that type stuff where they get these character actors to be in it, so they're not too expensive. But it's very much about high concept. Uh, and on both these movies, you've obviously been more on the on the critical side of it all. Uh, do, do, do you 
what would you what would you tell Universal Studios so that they can get your butt in the seat again? Because they're they've obviously been striking out with you. What would you tell them? Because they they're bankrolling this kind of stuff and they're kind of banking on people coming in to watch these things and and you know like like what what would you what would you tell them? Um, well, I mean the what's getting me to go is the trailer. The trailer for both these were like. Okay, yeah, I want to spend two hours of my life with this. Um, it's it's just they need to develop their scripts. They need to go back to working on the dialogue, working on the plot points, working on the characters. You know, they 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 need to spend more time in the writing room with these, and and just developing because that's where I think they're falling short it's just there's not enough development and there's not enough I don't know it's I don't know if they're just if just COVID just took them to a place where they just want to put shit out it's like here's a hundred million dollars go make a movie uh here's a script you're on the fifth draft not the 20th um you know I don't know but but they just need they just need to develop the properties, you know. I mean, I mean, look at what Disney does. Disney, Disney scours through their entire script before, uh, before they greenlight it, and and they they pay close attention to detail, and and you know they don't always come out with good shit either, but but you can tell they they put effort into it, and these movies just you know. There's no effort. It just doesn't feel like there's any effort. So they're getting me. They're getting me to the theater with the with a good trailer, and then they're just ripping me off with an underdeveloped project. Yeah, it seems like they 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 seem to think too much that like oh, Santa Claus Santa Claus action hero or or bear on cocaine. They just go on the log line and and I get I guess would you say for you it's yeah. just like they they seem to just. They they see the log line, but they don't think of like, well, you need to develop that log line into something coherent. I guess is that yeah. The, the entire one? script is based off the elevator pitch, and that's it. They didn't think about anything else. Yeah, yeah, because because yeah, I've I've noticed this trend that's like, and that's a great way to put it. It's an elevator pitch movie. Someone someone pitches something. This meets this in a crazy way, and Universal seems to be like, here's here's thirty five million dollars. Make something that looks professional, but still on the low end. And then and then they seem to release it. And listen, credit to them, they, they they make money. Violent Nights getting a sequel, and there's I'm not joking, there's legitimate talk of a cocaine shark. I, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Oh my god. And but you know like, like, I'm less sure about that one to be honest. I'm I'm less sure. Uh, about uh, that, I mean, yeah. I mean, is it? Do do we know why though? Like, like, do they just did they did they miss out on making projects during the pandemic that they're trying to catch up or something? Like, like, what's going on at Universal Studios? I honestly, honestly, Jay, I really think that what it is is that they're just trying to differentiate themselves because they have no superhero properties. Straight That's up. a fair point. That's a solid fair point. But you know what? Superhero fatigue is real. And they could give us something as as a solid, you know, don't watch the superhero movie, watch something quality instead. 
Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with you there. And even though, even though I've I've been kind to Violent Night and Cocaine Bear, like they're they're, I I won't be surprised if there'll be a movie where I'm like, okay, the pitch, the 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 trailer was awesome, the pitch was perfect. It, this is just stupid. I you, mean, you know what it is. You know what it is. This is the exact opposite of an A twenty four film, because A twenty four films. You know, they don't always do great at the box office, but they're great. And they're full of a lot of awesome stuff and development. And, like, and, and you know, they they have lives outside of the theater. And then here we go with Universal and, and, and you know, they get bigger box office, but there's just nothing in it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're looking at the anti-A24 here. You know, you know, Jay. Right before we give our rating, one Universal movie that I think you might like—that's again kind of this elevator pitch type deal—is Freaky. I, I don't know. Did you get a chance to watch that? Uh, no. Okay, no, that so was, that's a fun one. So the elevator pitch for that one is Freaky Friday meets Friday the Thirteenth. So take out. It was the one with Vince Vaughn in it. Um. It really that and I the reason why oh is that the one where the serial killer becomes the girl and the girl becomes the serial killer yeah 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 here's the thing I think the reason why I think Al's recommending that one is because all the issues you have very that you have brought forth that are valid Freaky uh, handles those most of those really well. Yeah, and and that's kind of when Universal started doing this. This was this was like right at the beginning of 2021, when things could when things were opening up again. And I do think that they were like, well, we don't we don't have superhero movies. Let's let's just do these crazy mashup of things and see how they work. And it's again, it's it's usually always a horror comedy type thing, and they just kind of or action comedy, um, and they kind of just throw 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 it on the screen, see how it works. I mean, for that one, I, I, I can't speak for you, but I would say that it's it's the recommendation I would give, and I guess, see, would, would you give that recommendation? I would give it a recommendation to see another example where it what Universal is doing works. Um, and again, like you said, you, you do, you have enjoyed movies like this in a sense, because as, you know, as you've mentioned, you really enjoyed... Uh, uh, bullet train so it's y- you are open to the what these kinds of movies can be but uh, you're just funny not enough, satisfied with this funny enough if i'm not mistaken bullet train had like multiple writers work on it that yeah that i didn't know that but that makes a lot of sense and, and then these and these it always seems to be like they just do like one pass almost i don't know i i, I, I can't speak for the process on how these people write these things but anyway but at the same time it's fully developed it's it's there's you know, like, like everything, everything has a conclusion. Yeah. No, no, yeah. you're totally right there. So, uh, so Jay, how about you give us, give us your, your rating? I'm, I'm going to give it, it's a movie. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to give it a, it's shit or it's trash or whatever. I'm going to give it, it's a movie because there's, there's a good framework here. There's a good pitch here. There's a good high concept idea here and 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 in this conversation i've come to realize that there's probably a lot more that we haven't seen that would make this a solid project for me so i i did not enjoy myself i was bored 
I walked out of the theater mad that I had wasted time and money on this. I I I probably would have been better off had I waited for it to come out on streaming. So for me, it's it's a movie, and that's all I can really do for it. Mm. See. I give this a uh, coked out fuck fest. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, this was. I, <laughs> Let's not talk about last night. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You guys think we were just talking during the top 10 episode of the podcast? Oh, contrary, my friends. Um, no, what I'll say is I give this a. This is. A movie that went full speed ahead. Or sorry, let me say it again. I'm going to say what I say a lot. This is a movie that knows what it is. Okay? It knows what it needs to be. It maybe didn't know when they were starting shooting, but then they figured that out. And I love movies that know what they are, and so does this. Um, I think you should see this in theaters with as many people as possible because the more people that watch this in a crowd, I think it's one of those crowd pleasers, so to speak for adults, to be clear. Um, I, yeah, I think this is a crowd pleasing movie that knows what it is. That's where I leave that. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I, I was like, how coast coast, yeah. How close to a flush can I give this without being exactly a flush? Because that third act, not only with the with the way for me was a almost bumbling of, of the entire plot, but just just how ugly it was shot. I was like, I, I can't say that that third act impressed me, but I had such fun with the rest of it. Yeah, this is a movie that knows exactly what it is. This, this, this is this is a ride. This is a ride that knew exactly what it is, what it needed to be. Um, that being said, I mean. Jay's not wrong with his criticisms. They're there. Um, if if you can sit down and just enjoy the ride, and I, I know, I'm, I'm pretty much saying the reason that J.J. Abrams gives for his existence, where it's like, <laughs> just enjoy the ride, man. It's just, just enjoy the ride. And I've critiqued him for that. I'm like, I can enjoy the 90-minute ride. Don't make me enjoy a two-plus-hour-minute ride, J.J. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, I, I'm, with, I'm with C. This is, this is a movie ride that knows what it is and you know and for me met those expectations very very well so oh uh if if universal ever does a cocaine bear ride i am going immediately you know i like that would be so cool so <laughs> free I, samples when you get off <laughs> <laughs> all right so this has been what do you think and our review of cocaine bear i'm al i'm c and this is our guest At jay Jay, we, we just talked about this the other night. I know, I know. How do we want to do it? How do we want to do it? We're starting well, well, over. No, no. Okay, no, no. We're starting you over. Inter you introduced me. You introduced me at the start. You should introduce me at the end, right? Like yes, right? yes. Okay. All, right. All, right. All right, one more this, time. This this is our review of Cocaine Bear. This has been. What do you think? I'm Al. I'm C, and this is. Wait a minute, what was that? God what? damn it! Okay, third time's the charm. Third time's the charm. No, wait, this is our review wait, of Cocaine Bear. This is What Do You Think I'm Al? And I'm C. And this has been our friend Jay. Hey, guys. All right, good night, Bye. Everybody. Bye. See ya. Good night. <laughs>